Welcome to the Crash Course Podcast. Uh, a lot to talk about today. Um, I got to see two concerts over the weekend. Um, the first one was, I had seen this band before and it was even more intense the second time. Um, I got to see Death Clock of Metalocalypse fame, animated band playing in real life, created by comedian and musician Brendan Small. Um, an interesting concert because the entire stage stays dark for most of the concert and there's a screen behind them where the... Um, the animated band is playing and they're showing music videos and they do sketches and stuff. And then at the end of the show during the encore, they bring up the lights so you can see the actual band. Oh, so you can't see them the entire time? It's Until uh, the end of the show, yeah. Yeah, it's much in the same way wow. Gorillaz does their shows. Huh. Did their shows. Did they their shows. Their shows. their shows that way anymore, but yeah. Yeah, but the band's in obscurity for the rest of their existence. That That's the only time people want to see the band. No, and the, they don't band, the no. band is Death Clock. Yeah. The, the the gag is that the band is Death Clock. The people playing aren't anybody, and then they bring up the curtain. It's at the very end. meta. Yeah, it's very that's, meta. That's almost too meta. I just wow. agree. It's a lot of fun. But um, <laughs> that's kind of cool. But uh, but yeah, the, the music is fun. The, fun. Um, the first song they played was a song from their new album, which I hadn't heard until the show. And the title is, I kid you not, word for word, I ejaculate fire. Which they should and it's pro- a song about. An ancient Egyptian god that ejaculates fire. Oh, I thought it was a song oh, about like for pe- real, like written. Yeah, like that. yeah. I thought oh, it was. Wow. They should get some penicillin. I mean, that'll clear right up. Seriously, like, if I sing about it, then. <laughs> but uh, but it was a good concert, intense, a lot of fun. And then on um, Saturday, I got to go to the Yule Ball, which is a yearly um, Wizard Rock event thrown by Harry and the Potters. Uh, Five dollars of the ticket prices went to the Harry Potter Alliance which is um, a charity that's working to make the world a better place in real life. Um, Through basically education and enrichment of children, which is admirable. Yeah. Well, they do other things, too. They yeah. do, like, they're trying to fix the environment, save endangered species, that kind of stuff, too. If it comes out to be a good idea for helping people, they they really do some good. Actually, I've uh, seen them... Well, they're, not they're, in the news, not in the, like television news, but I saw them. I forget the website. They're doing a lot of YouTube work, also. That's where it was. Yeah, yeah. they do a lot of YouTube work. Um, but uh, but so we got to see um, the Whomping Willows, who were very good, a lot of fun. Um, um, the Potter Puppet Pals, which always put on a good show. They did a spoof of a Christmas Carol this year, but with like Snape and Harry Potter. But like Snape was um, was Scrooge, and Harry Potter was Cratchit. And, and all that stuff. So that was a lot of fun. And then, of course, the main event was Harry and the Potters, which always put on a great show. They're always a lot of fun on stage. That's cool. Uh, That's pretty cool. I want to get back to this thing about the ejaculation of fire. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I've been stewing it around in my head, and I, I was just thinking, like, is the hieroglyph for that just a god who ejaculates fire? That'd be the simplest thing to write down. You don't no. even have to write down any words or sentences or stories. You, you just have to... have to write that hieroglyph. And that's the picture, and that's the whole story right but there. But it's hieroglyph, so that there's there are stories that are just a picture. Now just have a really, really good hieroglyph. Yeah, you just like, gotta remember like, everything. Like like a Leonardo da Vinci quality hieroglyph. Then that would be and the then, opposite. Then, then get, a lith- no, 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 no. get a lithograph of that, that hieroglyph, and that, then you just tell that story all But that's over. completely off topic. I, I'm aware of this. This <laughs> is such a weird concept. <laughs> anyway, going back to the um, Yule Ball, also there was a non-Harry Potter band that was the opening act, which I'd forgotten about, called the Home Alones. And when they introduced themselves on stage, um, they went, I'm Kevin McAllister. And on the bass, that's Kevin McAllister. And then on the drums, that's Kevin McAllister. And they played Home Alone-themed songs. And it was actually, they kind of had a blink, kind of old-school blink kind of 
garage sound. It was it was fun. It was it was clever. And they had a guy dressed up as one of the wet bandits on stage with them. Oh, okay. And at the end, does the real Kevin McAllister stand up? P- please. <laughs> no, Macaulay Culkin was not at this show, as far as I'm aware. But uh, but they were from Chicago, and they played Home Alone theme songs. But they were fun, punk kind of sounding, and it was it was a nice kind of strange addition to the show. <laughs> kind of interesting. John seems very. <laughs> you don't look No, I'm thinking about it. It's 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 a it's a very niche concept. Yeah. yeah, it's as niche as it gets. Yes, really. pretty much. Yeah, very specific. Like at least well, I don't they know. Do... when you told me about Wizard Rock, I thought that was niche, but this no, is they, even nichier. These guys do Home Alone covers of covers. No, it's no, they do originals. I feel, I feel niche about... all over. Oh, they do originals. They do, origi- about... they do originals about Home Alone. How they wrote songs about Home Alone, like fanfic, like 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 extended no, no, universe no. Home Alone. No, no, no. <laughs> they did songs about the Home Alone movies. Oh, but okay. they're still just, original songs, original music written by them. It's just about a, a subject. I have no idea how you would have more than an album's worth of songs. They don't That's have more issue. than an album's okay, worth of songs. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> okay. So. In fact, I think they only have an EP, because when they, people were yelling <laughs> for them to play one more song, they got back up on stage and said, sorry, we don't have any more songs. We just had these five. So. Wow, That's interesting. It's clear. I kind of want to hear this music. I would love I'm to sure have you an EP of it. this. It sounds be... like something I would do, like in my college music writing days. It's like, no, this is all I wrote. <laughs> There's four songs, and they're about my socks. Yeah, but that's the only four songs I came up with, and I'm only going to write about my socks. I can remember the first time I was on stage, and people were like, encore. No, no, that's literally it. That's that's our that's our entire discography. <laughs> uh, oh my god. <laughs> You guys well, just took it to a whole new level. Poor them. Don't oh. insult my socks. Anyway, moving on. Hey, I'm self-deprecating for a reason. <laughs> moving on. Uh, you know what I did? It's a friendly What did you do? I watched my Christmas carols. I think I'm getting out of my Scrooge phase. Uh, I always go through this. Whenever Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman and Charlie Brown Christmas go on TV, I have to watch them year after year. So I watched them last night, all three, back to back to back, on DVD, because I can't wait for the television (laughs) ones anymore. Um, That's the way I am with uh, movies, like holiday movies as well. But there's one song I always skip. There's always one song, Silver and Gold. I cannot stand that song. Silver and Gold. Oh, shush. Silver Um, and Gold. (laughs) Yeah. I just can't listen to that song anymore. I don't know. It's all part of the experience for me. You you take what you get. But it drags. You gotta endure it. You gotta endure it. Oh, I did it's, find... it's worth it just for, I'm a Charlie in the box. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm a boat that don't float. <laughs> classic. I'm a, I'm a train with square wheels. Pure classic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Again, Matt is Jewish, did not get this experience. That's it, not true. I grew up watching Charlie Brown Christmas every year. I loved it as a kid growing up. We're talking about Rudolph. Right. Okay, well then talk Rudolph, with, I watched all Talk time. with us, ga- ga- Gab. I was gabbing on about my concert. I was letting you guys go. No, I love Rudolph. <laughs> my favorite part of Rudolph was also always, um, what's Yukon his name? Yukon Cornelius. Singing, no, it's Yukon Cornelius. Singing about the, uh, being wanting to be a dentist. No, Herbie? Yeah, I love Herbie. No, Yukon Cornelius. Didn't you know? Bumble's Bounce. I mean, I love that. He's awesome. He's such an over-the-top character. He is pretty awesome, but getting back to music. <laughs> I, uh, no, but, but related. <laughs> Uh, Vince Guaraldi. Seriously. I have no anybody. idea what that is. You damn well do, do know who that is. Who is that? That is the quintessential song from Charlie Brown's Christmas. 
Christmas time. Oh, the one I was just humming. Yeah. Right before the show, I was humming this. I did not know that. Yeah, all that. that and the do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, all that. It's been here, here, Yeah, here are all that. Yeah. Good stuff. So, I Real suggest stuff. it. Stands up. Stands up. Even though Christmas is next week. So, we'll just pitch it again then. Yeah, probably. Uh, anyway, moving on. Because we'll, we've we'll been do, known to be redundant. We'll do what we usually do, which is the album of the week. This week was my choice. And uh, it was Green Day's Dose. Well. <laughs> this is... Let's get into it. Let's just, let's just get into it. Starting with See You Tonight. A shorter acoustic intro to the album as a whole. Uh, talking about going to meet a girl. I liked it. Come on, guys. Come on. Start talking. Let's go. I didn't like it. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really fond of it either. Um, the, the intro track was okay. It was it was for for an intro. It was it was pretty. It was simple, but it was very short. Like you didn't really get, even get enough time to get anything out of it. I was playing a little bit of a cruel joke because I wanted to see exactly how much John could talk about this. Because I don't have that much to say. I, I really this is literally at the bottom of my barrel. I'm sorry to be a Scrooge this close to Christmas, but um, no, this was not good in my opinion. I, I think that. We already, first of all, this is the first band that we've actually reviewed twice. Yes. Um, everything else has been just kind of, you know, new as it comes, you take it for what it's worth. But we've seen Green Day before. Well, first of all, they've been around for a while. They're probably one of the older bands here next to maybe Korn? No, Korn actually goes back to the 90s. But Green Day, of all the bands we've reviewed, Green Day is one of the oldest. If not the oldest, yeah. If not, no, they've been around the, the longest. That's right. Korn only goes back to sort of mid-90s. And I, I will, think so. They're I, like almost 40, uh, 40 years old? Green years Day? Old? No, um, well, no, the, the, corn. the, the guys in corn, yeah. Corn. Yeah, 30, they've been around for 40 years old, that would be the 70s or, eight, or early 80s. No, it wouldn't. It would be the 80s. Oh, so they started composing when they were two. Yeah, yeah. probably. No, I, mean, uh, I swear my math skills are excellent. Well, okay. No, they're, uh, it's, they're probably about 20, been around for about 20 years, so. Yeah, Get, but getting seriously, back to Green Day. Th- this, Green Day. This is part of a trilogy. The trilogy is Uno, Dos, and Trace. We did Uno, and Bomb. just a hated it. Little, little, a little bit of a recap here. We hated it. <laughs> that's, that's the recap. We found much. it to be a pop monstro, uh, not pop, a punker's wet dream of monstrosity sameness. The couple of redeeming qualities that it had were its single, as well as uh, the Kill. sort of catchy, upbeat track "Killed the DJ." Yeah. yeah, those were some redeeming qualities. But seriously, the rest of the track was. Ubiquitous in sound. I I could not I could not take it particularly. Um, but I anyway remember our ratings here. Oh yeah, mine was two two five on that one. And mine was a two. And mine was a two. Yes. Now dose dose the follow up, which okay. should be the progression of that. And this is where we get start. We start getting conflicted because I found dose to have a a much better quality. I can't wait to hear. How and much better variety in the actual music. But, and this is something after talking with these two gentlemen here, but I have to agree to some uh, concessions. First off, the whole album had very little inventiveness in the music or the lyrics. There wasn't a lot to go on. There wasn't a lot of difference. It sounded very similar uh, to earlier work. Of Green Day and genre in general, 
there was basic chords, basic drum beats, basic guitar work, bass work. The guitar work did shine in a couple of songs here, but there was just so much basicness in this. At the same time, I did not... not enough bass in there, interestingly enough. <laughs> at the same time, starting with See You Tonight onward, which I found to be a nice, sweet acoustic intro, like a throwback to Time of Your Life. That it, was more the end of the album than, than that. But track. it was that sort of acoustic sound that they, they popularized with one song and are trying to bring back almost. Um, the second track... Okay. I was okay with See You Tonight as an intro. Yes. Yeah. Second track. Okay, Fuck Time... Terrible song. It it had great guitar work, but that was it. The lyrics were awful, childish, vulgar. They were not well written at all. Um, the song's flow was okay. It was very standard otherwise, but it just I thought it was a terrible song. The, 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 uh, to, to quote Roger Ebert, I hated, hated, hated this bracket song, not movie. But I, seriously, this was like a 50s track, sort of... Like early rock, very very early rock. Your your standard progressions, everything that you would expect from rock in its basic form, uh, with a little bit of a punk overlay. Aside from that, they decided to take what could have easily been fifties lyrics. You know, a kind of I want to get with you, I want to hold your hand, all the stuff that you heard from the fifties and sixties, and harshed it up and turned really it into, harshed it up, yeah. but with no character. The, See, I understand the idea uh, behind punk as a genre, which can be a little bit overstated at times, uh, kind of jarring. in your face, yeah, and that lends itself to the whole uh, sort of youth lashing out against your parents, against life, angst. You know, that that's these can be benefits in punk, but. I didn't see it done artistically here in the slightest. It was done for the sake of being done. And also, these guys aren't teenagers anymore. How old are they? 30, pushing 40? They got, no, uh, mid-40s, at least. They got kids. They got wives. I mean, these guys are not you teenagers. They have kids and wives and be 20-something. No, but they have, like, grown-up kids and wives. Oh, I mean, that's the weirdest guys. thing. I can't even imagine being grown-up knowing that your par- like, you're supposed to be going through your own angst and your parents are the definition of angst itself. Well, I th- I think it's kind of weird that they're doing songs called Fuck Time. Yeah, when that's, they have that's kids. When they have kids. And they're doing a party album. Yeah. Now, track two, Fuck Time. Track three, Stop When the Red Lights Flash. Okay. Shallow lyrics. It was got, fast, but kind of soulless. Like, I had no investment in both, this song. Both of them had good guitar work and nothing else. G-E-N-E-R-I-C. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta that's give you that. That's what it means ha- to me. That's what it doesn't mean to me. <laughs> yes, I gotta, I gotta say, that is that is true. Now, Lazy Bones, which I know nobody actually liked <laughs> here besides me. You're not defend it. You're not helping your no, point here. You're skipping just skipping these. over these. Well, I... because my defense is they're good. But they're not great. I definitely have to say, they're not great. I'm... With these two tracks, track two, track three, I feel a party being set up. I feel the energy starting to build in this album. Hmm. All right? Lazy Bones, I actually really liked, even though it was a little bit of a slower song. Um, it felt more nostalgic like Pasket Case. I got I to gotta put it around that sort of a feel of a song. Because it had very early style lyrics that I love. And I loved their very early lyrics. This was This did have that. And the drum and guitar going back and forth, I found to be enjoyable. I like this song. You know what I think it equates to? Let me put it this way. You you like uh, you do like the angst involved 
I like emotions, and angst is a solid emotion to have in an album. Okay, it is, but you have to admit that's kind of the origin of what Green Day was. Yes. Kind of did yes. surround angst. All right, well, maybe, see, this is coming from a weird angle, because I, I was never even one for the uh, the angst back in high school or that whole time period myself. I think I call it Holden Caulfield Syndrome, to be honest. That is very, in the rye. That's everyone very appropriate. Else, everyone else, you know, the, the, a lot of people loved that book around that time, and I simply wasn't one of them. So it kind of makes sense that this simply would not be my thing. It wasn't then, it still isn't now. So if that style of lyrics isn't getting me, I don't see what else there is. Like, they're not giving me anything else to go with it. So that's my issue on the lyrical side of things. Now, musically, I, I, I have any, any other number of issues. Uh... First of all, I do, I do find it striking that because you're you're, you're skipping over some some little elements here <laughs> musically, you notice that there's got to be a problem. Yes, yes, there is a problem. Um, my thing the with problem la- is not not memorable in my opinion. No, yeah, my thing with la- Lazy Bones and Wild One, the next one after that, is they're both incredibly forgettable, and 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 Lazy Bones was yes, it sounds like they're older stuff. I don't know, maybe then their older stuff just holds on for me because of nostalgia purposes and because I just like those specific songs. Because stylistically, Lazy Bones did nothing for me. I just felt it was samey. And, okay, when I go back when I go back to the older stuff of not just Green Day, but the genre in general, musically, they are very... For their time, they were inventive. Nowadays, we would not even equate them towards new. It's very yeah. tried and true type of music. But uh, when tried, I go, tried. I'll go with tried. <laughs> but the main factor of old school Green Day and old school alt-punk genre, rock, whatever it would really fall into, is the lyrical aspect of it. I, I, I accept that. Because they are they are singing, and that was a big thing. They are singing with emotion. And I'm feeling this in Lazy Bones. Um, well, uh, that's actually a good point. I mean, I'm, I'm thoroughly coming at this from my own perspective here. I, I, I accept that. There are many holding car fields around in the world. And I'll be quiet. I love that book. <laughs> One of them is right next to me, evidently. <laughs> I love that book in spite of its main character. Because the sister's awesome. I'm sorry, that whiny bastard. But, but Wild Ones... Oh, Wild Ones was she. Yeah, it was. they did the song she from Dookie again. Which they've done a couple of times now. There's always... It seems like every album they come out with nowadays has a she song. Where they're I'm talking about the unnamed girl. Yeah. It was tiring and expected. The lyrics were just okay at best. Not too inventive. Not uh, repetitive. Um, almost unforgivable. <laughs> because, honestly, <laughs> they gotta do something different. This song could have been so much better and still hit that formula that they got. Mm. Of she. Because that is that is the song. And... Yeah, it was it was almost unforgettable. Now, I loved Makeout Party, track six. So I liked Makeout Party. So Makeout Party was the first song to actually do something on this album. It was a little different, you know. The lyrics were kind of out there and attention grabbing. But the problem with Makeout Party for me was it was definitely different. But it was different for the first half. Then the second half was, was the, the same thing as the first, first. half. I, I concur. But yeah. that, that's also... It was still a step up from what had previously come before. That's that's Blink. That's Weezer. That's Green Day. That's what this genre is. Yeah. 
But I guess because I was just so soured by the fir- the, the everything else on the album, I just didn't. I just didn't care. Yeah, it was kind of a gloss over, yeah. but I, I I did make a note that I I, I enjoyed the bass. I yeah. thought the bass was a really standout feature here, and which had, I think it should there should have been more of that in the rest of the album. Which is Longview, which you don't know because you have no idea about this. But Longview is a great <laughs> yeah. example of a solid core bass going through it. Yeah. Um, but even the guitar work. <laughs> no, no, you're totally right. It's just we're going to reference songs that you don't know. Fair enough. See, a that's a, that's fair. You can re- you can compare them against their earlier work. But, but Make Out uh, Party... I I'm also, comparing this against Uno. Uh, 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 Make Out Party also had a nice, harsh, guttural, almost, guitar work in it. It was guttural. Yeah. Guttural is perfect word for it, actually. I um And the I, lyrics... I, I wanted more of that in the album. While, while very much the tongue-in-cheek, I loved that part about the lyrics. They were... Imaginative. It wasn't mm. about a literal makeup party. It was about a makeup party in another dimension. Yes. So it was fun. It was a yeah, true I, fun I, song. I'll, I'll give it that. Didn't pick up on that. <laughs> but then when we get to the next song, so this is where the album takes a real flub for me because seven, eight, and nine were all the same, boring. And ten, a little bit ten. Uh, ten is when it started to come out of it a bit. But 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 especially seven, the single "Stray Heart." First of all, I'd seen the video on YouTube. Month ago, maybe, maybe a little more. Hated it. I hated the video. I thought it was not great. Um, and it was the, poppy, and the song was also poppy. But it's just, I was bored by the time I got to Stray Hard, and then I was still bored when we got to Ashley. And wait, then, wait, wait, no, because now I'm starting to actually defend the album because this is the core. These parts I do like. Stray Heart, nice deep bass, nice beating drum, nice guitar work that complemented Billy's voice. His 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 almost whine of vo- uh, of of vocals he puts in there, and I did enjoy the lyrics of this one. I did have fun with this song. This is definitely a point where we were hearing two different albums. Yeah, we're I, both I, diverging. The, 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 what you're hearing as exceptional and accentuated, I heard as I, I simply none of that stood out to me at all. I heard the same voice that I heard in previous tracks. It's that classic Billy whine. Um, I, far as the guitar work was concerned, I heard eighth notes, tired eighth notes over and over and over and over again. Uh, <laughs> I'm really at a loss to, to real, to really tell you something in these three tracks that, that were standoutish to and my And this ears. is the part, okay, because I said there was an arc and I did enjoy the arc. Up until Make Out Party, the party's going great. Stray Heart was when something goes wrong. Something went wrong right there. And that's what went into uh, Ashley, Baby Eyes, and Lady Cobra. Because let's do them all together. Ashley, old school instrumentation with just okay lyrics. It really was very, very, very generic. This was standard. Uh, Baby Eyes, I equate to Murder City from 21st Century Breakdown. I enjoyed it. And I know Matt doesn't like that song at all. I I to quote Roger Ebert, I hated, hated, hated Baby Eyes. And I hated it as well, but I also didn't like Murder City off of, uh, uh, what was that, 21st Century Breakdown was Murder City? Um, it's just, I don't know, it was something about it, I just didn't get into it, I didn't like it. My biggest problem at this Musically, point... Musically, I found it the re- most repetitive song yeah, on the album. Yeah, it was. I mean, repetitive, there are many other repetitive songs, but this one took the cake. I think my biggest problem with these songs and with the album at this point is just... Maybe I have grown out of 
Green Day's older stuff. And maybe I just like the older stuff because it's Ooh, the older stuff. This is interesting. I can't, uh, let's hear more of this. Or... Evolution. Or it could just be that I expect more of Green Day. So Which I I'm, think is the best, re- the best equation. And it's a personal thing, but... You Which know what? Is why they made American Idiot and they made 21st Century Breakdown. A 5 and a 4.75 using Steve's scale. Like, they were just so solid conceptual albums. And these albums. are just such a drop for it. But, but then again, I was telling... Don't make fun, of, decimals. Don't make fun <laughs> of my decimals. I was talking to Steve when I was listening to this. I was saying this. He said, oh, it's something you might hear in a dive. And I said, yeah, but I've heard bands and dives that play better music than this. Almost There, That's who true. I love, their performance they, they and their the music... It it blows Green Day's two newest albums out of the water. And no, they that kind of thing of it that that was the, that was the Stone Pony that was better than a dive. Yeah, and they don't <laughs> that's have millions of dollars to of... make music and it, it, lifetimes worth of experience. So that's my biggest problem with this. But baby, okay, Baby Eyes and Lady Cobra. This is part of the theme. This is part of the arc. This is the dark part of the night. This is where you're doing something after the witch's hour that's just bad. I feel like the arc is. This is like the part of the night when you're sleeping and everybody's sleeping and there's no difference because everyone's sleeping. No one's no. doing anything. They're just Lady sleeping. Cobra, Lady Cobra <laughs> is better than you give it credit for. All right. I think it the, was all rising. I think the problem with the arc on this album is it's too literal. I think it's way too literal. Like, the titles are telling you the arc. Yeah. You don't even... Because the music, there's no arc. There's no arc in the music. I, None. I, I said this off air. I'll say it on air now. I, I don't get who their audience is. I, if they're writing toward modern teenagers with that this attitude, I, I really don't think it's going to come across because modern teenagers really don't listen to this. They're a little bit more in the pop area, or if they're moving uh, in other directions, they're going to move in other like alt rock directions, which are getting a lot more common these days um, than they were in the '90s for sure. And, and it can't be if, it can't be to the adults who were teenagers then because they've definitely moved on. They've moved in completely different directions, except the people that hold on to the nostalgia, such as yours truly. Nevertheless, <laughs> I, I don't know who that leaves. Okay. It sounds like they're talking to no one. I'm trying to remember what band took that big, long hiatus and came back sounding like 90s pop. Eve 6. Eve 6. Okay. We gave them the benefit of the credit for, even though they did not evolve their sound over that time frame, we did not trash on them so hard for... Sounding so similar. The difference there was they never changed. They always played that sound. Green Day changed. So you're actually you're 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 then you're taking a subjective view. That's true. I'm not completely ignorant. No, no, this no, no, is, no, no, this no, no, no. Is... I'm going back. I, I'm not completely ignorant of um, American Idiot. Mm-hmm. Like I know that part of Green Day, and that was Evolution. So I still can't agree. So this is regression. Yes, and as a Green Day album, once again, this is going to be a very low score. But as an album, and I'm trying to review this as a hell not, of a defense, I'll tell you. I'm, just, I'm trying to review this as not Green Day. All right, guys, you got to give me some credit. I'm trying. It's, it's. I'm saying this is not Green Day. I'll give you a for effort. But okay, yeah. let's just keep going. You wave your hyper. Not nightlife. Them. Nightlife. So nightlife. Okay, nightlife was a little different. Yeah, jazzy rap rock. Yeah, it had this. It had a beautiful female vocalist in it that actually sang better than Billy Joel on this. Billy Joe on this track. Billy Joe, yeah. She didn't sing. It was well, sing rap, speak, right? But she sounded better than Billy Joe did. I didn't like that grainy no, kind of I, effect he had on his I voice. I agree. He, it really uh, like, it was kind was of some, awkward, to be yeah. honest. Borderline creepy. But and did not you in the artistic did you sense. hear the lyrics? She's a pusher. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's his enabler. 
Which no, is was, that? I, I'll give it's that. It's the ex girlfriend you call up when you screwed up with your new girlfriend, and you're on the breakup, and you want to, and you're angry and sad and right. drunk, and you need something to do. Yeah. And that came through in the song, which it was solid. But I have to say, this was divorced from the rest of the album. Yeah, it had. This is to such do a. This else. is probably no, my I, favorite. I, I completely. Agree this with is that. my favorite song on the album, which is terrible. Not mine because of the content, good. but. 11, 12, and 13 as a whole were a little bit of a step up from the rest because it was kind of a wake-me-up. You know, I, I think I'm kind of getting to the point where the coming. absolute worst thing that can happen to me is when I'm exposed to uh, more of the same. Like, if you're simply not even awoken by anything in the album, that that's problematic. So at least 11, 12, 13, for whatever their uh, pros or cons, they were different. Yeah, 12... 12... Which was called Wow Exclamation Point. That's loud. Um, I liked it, was fun and well layered. It kind of was a jaunty tune. I kept saying it kind of had that head bopping kind of feel. It brought the fun it was back. was jaunty, wasn't it? It was. It got rid of the darkness in Baby Eyes, yeah. Lady Cobra, Nightlife, and brought the fun back, which is what I want, uh, what I truly want. The guitar work was definitely up and up, on the up again. Um,. It, that's about all you can really say. Otherwise, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. very. There's still not inventive. much to say about it. No, I, uh, I I pretty much agree 100 percent there. The, the song that caught my attention on the whole record was the last track. Not a great place to get my attention because we're already done. Yeah. But the last song, Amy, was absolutely gorgeous. It was a Billy Joe acoustic track like "Time of Your Life," which are some of my favorite kind of songs that he's done. Um, it is to really to reference the Avid Brothers uh, from a couple weeks back. You you spoke when we heard like a a really really solid track um, that was was it preceded or succeeded by a really really poor one? It was succeeded by a, uh, the poor one. The poor, uh, the poor one came first, and then there was a really good one at the end. The, yes, the last track was really really good, but it was preceded by something that was really out of this world and just did not belong. Correct. Um, but in this case, I, I it's it's almost kind of the same actually, kind of equivalent. Amy was really, really solid. If the if the if the album opened with Amy, I think it might actually almost intrigue me into thinking that there is a progression here. That perhaps of the trilogy, Uno dos Trace, Uno was a look, a solid examination of their earlier work and their angsty teenager selves, and then we move into an evolution here of perhaps their slightly more. You know, American I'm idiot say this, No, no, no. This is mid-Green Day work, to its core. Even Amy I, I, was just mid-Green Day okay, work. Okay, well, what are the years here uh, for mid-Green Day? Uh, right around International Super Hits. Just before International Super Hits. The so compilation late 90s. Album. Late 90s. Late 90s. Which right. is... This, okay, late 90s, just, so we're not at... Uh, American, no, no, American, which is what I'm hoping for Trace. So you're hoping that Trace I'm really is Trace. going to push I'm into Trace the, the boundaries. Not part of a trilogy. Right, well, I can accept that. Uh, I mean, it's not going to save the trilogy if you if we did want to give a total trilogy review oh, here. No. I mean, I think it's too far in. But if Amy is uh, a prelude to what we're about to see on Trace, the only thing is that we had the same exact hope at the end of Uno, and yeah. we didn't get it yeah. here. If, if the but, majority of your album is not memorable, I. I I but don't I'm think perfectly going to do much. But I'm also perfectly content if Trey is everything we've wanted from the last two. I'm perfectly content to ignore the first two and just enjoy Trace by itself. It's still an album. But yeah. I would rename it. But 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 it that, would just be self-titled Green Day. But that said, I, I just I just 
Amy All was right. beautiful, but it didn't save the album for okay, me. Okay, we got to just go into the breakdown. But before we do that, I want to bring up one solid point. Because I know what you guys want to do as the rating. But we reviewed Linkin Park. And it was a take it or leave it album for us. We really... Right. No, it wasn't. Not for me, I don't think. You gave it a 2-5? You didn't really it, no, give it that I'm low sure, of a rating. I'm pretty sure I gave it a 2. I gave it a 3. Which was this? Linkin Park. Uh, that was a... That was a two. You gave a three. You did give, give it a three. three. We give twos. Yeah. All right. I have to. I'll start. I have to give this a three because it's a take it or leave it. If somebody likes this genre of music, they will enjoy it. I enjoyed it because while I'm looking for more of my music, it's still a genre I I still identify with, and it's still a type of sound that I identify with. I like the album. But honestly, it doesn't have an, it doesn't have enough redeeming qualities uh, to to bounce it above a three because obviously you two do don't like it and Matt should have honest in my honest opinion yeah. I think he should have liked it at least as much as I did. My, I my 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 opinion of Green Day may have changed. I mean, this might have done it. But it's when you're possible. talking and and uh, I think you're taking it too much I, from I, a point I, of view I, of Green there's Day. There's a teardrop of happiness from my eyes when I hear but, Matt evolving musically or claiming that he might have. But uh, there's one other point I'm I have to make. Musically. This is this is to Matt specifically. And I think the major part here is that you're not making an emotional connection, which sure. is what Matt looks for. We've discussed this. And I would say that this is only slightly behind the Matchbox 20 album in terms of quality. Only slightly behind. But you gave that a 5 because you connected on all the songs. No, I agree. I disagree. Matchbox 20's album had way better quality on this. First of all, diversity. Second of all, um, quality of specific instrument instruments played. I mean, the guitar work on Matchbox 20's album was better than this. It was. I'm sorry. It was to me. Maybe not everything was better. And I don't see that. And that's why I can't understand the, the differences. Because I'm giving this a three. This is solid take it or leave it. Well, to put Matt's previous comment in perspective, we are all evolving musically. And I think that kind of speaks a little bit to uh, why this failed. Because I really do believe, and I don't think this is a bold statement, that Green Day was the voice of the youth of the early 90s. And I think that age is gone, and I think the people are older. I just don't see it. It is. It is what I would expect in a local dive bar. I'm not. I'm not even joking about that. Um, as for my total rating, pfft, I'm gonna try not to compare this against Uno. I'm. I'm gonna. The trilogy that they've put forth is too loose, and uh, frankly, we won't do that until the end. I can't say that. Until, more... I cannot put this in context until I've heard Trace. So I'm going to totally treat this in its own right. And also on top of that, it's fair to say that it's purely a trilogy because they don't—they're not really that similar. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right. And I also don't think you—you th- you think I'm rating it lower than I'm gonna. I think. <laughs> well, some things were said before. The, the eyes are shifting. There is something said before the podcast. And I'm just worried. Yeah, but I think you misunderstood what I was saying. But go okay. ahead, Steve. Uh, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I did. But continue anyway. All right. Uh, so tricky. I don't know. All right. The real problem with this is, yes, there is probably an audience out there. But I don't think it's a very... 
I think it's a very blinded audience of the people that actually will be will be liking this. They're people who have nothing but blind love for what Green Day has done. They haven't heard their better material. Yes, Matt? I'm that person who has blind love for Green yeah, Day. Yeah, I know. See, he, so. he's, the, he's the guy. So since he doesn't like it, that kind of speaks to my case here. The other hey. major... <laughs> it's, it's, no, you blind up. love Weezer. You don't blind love Green Day. You blind love Weezer. We know that. Because you liked Hurley, but we're not getting into that. Uh, the other main point here is uh, is punk in general. People think I'm coming into this with some sort of mass genre um, bias. It's not it at all. I know people who are really, really, really into funk. Aside, uh, sorry, punk. Aside from yours truly, and I know that there is a much more advanced side of punk out there. I know that it exists. Right. And I've heard it. Come to think of it, Blink One Eighty Two is the perfect example. Blink-182 yeah. is, I, I, I find them to be a musically evolved punk band. That's what I want to hear. Little, little oh, doses yeah. of, of indie and alt. Something just to say that this is not punk in its, in its purest. Yeah. You know, that it's not like the birth of punk. That people can't treat it that way like the Sex Pistols did. That, that's, not that this is Sex Pistols, but still, I, I don't think that style... It's not time for that kind of retro material. Therefore... I'll, I think I, to be honest, overrated one. I think I would have put it under. So, Uno, posthumously, rather? that would, yeah, Uno, would be a little bit lower. This, I think I'm going to take its place with Dose. Unless this grows off me the same way that did. So, what are you giving it? Dose. Two. Okay, a two. <laughs> dose for Dose. Okay. <laughs> Except, for, acceptable. So, for me, Dose... John is absolutely right. At this point on this album, since it's the second Green Day album we're reviewing, I was holding it to such high standards, and I was so disappointed with the first record, that yes, I'm judging it more harshly because it's Green Day putting out poor music. And that's not fair. You're right. Because we should look at it as an album, pretend Green Day's name isn't on it. Even though it's almost impossible. Yeah. (laughs) At this point especially. But that being said, I gave Uno a 2.5. Because it was below average, but there were several songs on it I did enjoy. And I do still stand by Kill the DJ. I really like that song. And that came out of it. Um, And I liked the single. Which the name of escapes me. It's been escaping me the entire podcast. Um, That memorable, huh? Yeah, Yeah. that memorable. Actually, you just put it in perspective as to why I really am keeping it the same. If if that was... um, If I said that Uno was a two... Originally, it was because there was perhaps one or two good songs, or we'll just say one right now, and that was Kill the GJ. Literally, the only thing I, that I remember. And then I may have lowered that posthumously, but now to hear this is, and I still can think of only one track. In this case, it's Amy. So why not put it at two? I, I would do. I just. And now we'll talk more about this: how albums grow on you or grow off you. But that's the perspective for you. But for me, I'm giving this a two point five. The same thing I gave Uno because there. Two or three songs, two songs, strongly, that I would listen to off this album. Amy is definitely going to go on a mix CD. I loved it. I thought it was beautiful, but it wasn't enough to pull the album together for me. But, like, on this one, the single I hated before I even heard the album. So, for me, I'm giving it a 2.5. I'm giving it the same thing I gave Uno. I'm not judging it more harshly because it's Green Day. I'm rating it what I rated the last one. A horrible disappointment. Thank you, because I was... I, uh, no, thank you. You knew I, I was going to give say, this one. I, you knew I wouldn't. I, okay. it, it's not... But, but, 
as a Green Day album, I think we all can agree this. It's is, a one. This is a one. If even. I mean, <laughs> it's not truly offensive the way hate is. But this is just terrible. Their standards should My be so much higher. My biggest problem with Green Day, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, Blink-182 has evolved as a band. And their newest album, Neighborhoods, showed that. And even if you go back to the self-titled, a lot of people didn't like the self-titled because it was so different. And I actually hated it. And recently I've been re-listening to it because Matt pesters me. And it, it has grown on me. It has gotten a lot better after listening. Yes. But that says something to this album itself as well. I mean, like, it says something to music in general. Music changes. Yeah, well, and tastes change. But my biggest problem here is that Green Day changed. They got better. There's a danger of being stuck in the past, though, unless you're actually intending to do a retro well, no, the thing. Reason, the reason right. this is a one because as a Green Day album is because they were. That's a, it feels they like culminated. They... Yeah, and it seems they've been downhill ever since. American well, Idiot it feels like they're running out of great. ideas, and that's, yes. that's a I mean, American bad thing Idiot was great, and then Twenty First Century Breakdown was really good, and then they released these, and it's like, what are we doing? They're phoning it in. They're, yeah, they're not trying. But, but Trey, Trey is still to come, and maybe Trey will be more in the vein of that. We'll see. I mean, but at this point, obviously that'll be John's pick when that comes out. And we'll do it, and then that podcast... Yeah, I'm going to force them. The second half of that podcast, we'll be talking about the trilogy as a whole. And did it did it, did it? it get pulled down as a trilogy, or or did Trey yeah. save it, or did We're it gonna, not? Well, there's this only... Uh, there's one other song here, which I think um, really exemplifies my feelings as to what the regression truly is. Was it Lady Cobra that sounded so similar to... Um, White Stripes and Jet. White Stripes and yeah. Jet. There were a couple songs there that I, man, chord for chord, felt like almost the same exact song, with one crucial difference. Stripped down, bare. Yeah, like, Jet was the, way more complicated than that the, song. Jet did. Jet took the same chords and brought it to a whole new level, just because they know how to throw other things in. Yeah. It's, well, chords don't, aren't the end all. I mean, I'm here to talk music and everything, but just because, you know, just because... The, a chord might be a simple four-chord progression. There are so many songs out there that have the same exact song. You could just go on YouTube, and you can find a plethora of videos. If that you look will up walk the Access, Access of Awesome, I believe their name is, they're a comedy music duo that do the four-chord the four chord song where they play four chords and then sing every pop song that's ever fit those four chords, yeah. from Don't Stop Believing to... Whatever else. Yeah, and your first re- reaction might be, oh, wow, that can be done to death. But no, a lot of bands know how to take four chords and turn them into something so individual and so unique by using any of the other musical tools at your disposal, such as vocal talent. Piano. Uh, early, piano, uh, great solos. Drum beats. Early Killers. Jet. Which I'm so sad that they haven't done anything. I'm yeah. so sad they're gone. Um... Or another example, early, early, early Modest Mouse. I agree. Actually, yeah, that, that, that's that, a, that is great a great example, example because they were true quirk with almost no musical talent in the beginning. And early they, White Stripes also. Yes. White Stripes' first record was all quirk, and it was still great. Certainly. I mean, that, Modest Mouse really was a great example because they, they, they knew how they had personality, and they brought that out in music, which is what music is all about. Is yeah. Between can, the lyrics, the vocals, the random tones they would throw in yeah, their songs. They, they had a very distinct art form, and to this day I really cannot think of another band that is uh, quite like the Modest Mouse. No, yeah. Um, I, the song "Dashboard" by Modest Mouse still rings in my head because it's just so, dashboard, dashboard, so, so, so different. And the video was great. 
Yeah, for every, two. About like them. They, they're a very good band, but I heard their later stuff and eh, didn't like it as much. It wasn't actually, bad. That's not one of the. That's actually one of their later albums. Is, is that's not one? early. Oh, really? That is not early. Well, the, the issue, you know, it's a completely different problem at that point because when you're talking about the stuff you do or don't like from Modest Mouse, it's about how quirky it gets and yeah. whether that's your style or not. Right. But at least it's experimental. At yeah, least yeah. they're trying, and I have so much more respect to that, uh, which is prevalent in, in several other uh, bands we've reviewed than I do for a band that sticks with the tried and true and doesn't even bring it to to not even the whole new level, but just some level. Something else. And Lady Cobra was the perfect example of something I just... Ugh. Well, this is... Okay. Perfect segue into what we wanted to talk about today. The evolution yes. of bands through their albums. Modest Mouse is one example because every album was different. Every album was had quite unique... Music that really wasn't similar both within the album and to different earlier stuff. Well, to a greater extent, it's also about uh, artists being self-aware of their work. Because um, we talk a lot about, uh, <laughs> I think I very simplistically called it the micro-micro and the the micro the... and the macro and the macro-macro. <laughs> which yeah. is all stuff like uh, how you're dealing with the moment of the music. The individual chord that just makes your... your heart sink in its space and then of course uh the arc of the song how well does the the progression actually work together does the verse relate to the chorus does the chorus have anything to do with the verse uh does the breakdown work or does it seem completely divorced from the rest of the song and then of course the album does the album work and they, are they aware of the project that they've been doing for the last several months the funny thing to bring up about discographies i'm sorry did i interrupt your thought or were you done well that would have been the last thing before the discography. Right. How much more macro can you get? And right. we seem to never discuss that. Not so that it's we have absolutely actually, we, necessary. We actually have discussed discography. Actually, Beatles is what we always we, reference. We, well, Not we, even just Beatles. To the, to the exact, completely opposite of Modest Mouse and how we talk about a success through quirkiness and difference. To the other end, and we've mentioned them before, Aerosmith does the same thing. Every time, and they're still hugely successful... And when we listened to it, we kind of liked it too. I mean, well, that's the thing. We're, we're not necessarily talking about like, uh, you know, whether it's good to have a discography that entirely progresses. Right. Spa- you know, you can, can get away work. with doing the same thing over and over. And do there well. are certain. It, it's about being aware of of society around you. Yeah. What people are listening to. You know, jazz was the most popular music form for forty years in America. Forty years solid. It was the most popular. For people don't often think about that. But jazz is still around. Granted, rock seems to have overshadowed in the last 40 years, which I guess people will probably remember the last 40 years as being rock-dominated. Yeah, and the the next 40 years, I'm quite we, terrified, is going to be dominated by pop music. Not just pop, but mm. pop and rap. Pop and, well, mm, it's not really that. Rap, rap has persisted beyond uh, what anybody thought it would. No, of course. And it does deserve, deserve a lot of credits and accomplishments that it gets, but I don't know that it still stands out as high as... Pop. Tec- th- technically, we're actually getting ahead of ourselves now because if you want to talk bands of discography, genre discography, and the yeah. evolution of that is well, a also whole and a lot animal. of raps being lumped in. Like, um, what's her name? Who I can't rap hip hop. Oh, uh, Nick- Nicki Minaj. Oh, she's uh, terrible, let's... but but she's lumped into pop, but she's not. She's hip hop, sort of. Well, so it, okay, it, getting back to discography. So, there's one guy, one band I want to bring up because I did an article for them on uh, the website. And this is a band that has done what Green Day has done in the last two albums, but even further. 
the killers. Uh-huh. They have devolved to cro magnum mm-hmm. levels of musical oh. creation. So now I will agree that they've gotten worse. I don't agree that their last two albums were as bad because I liked the last two albums, though they were not as good as the original. But the new album, I had to ask John three times. The original is Hot Is Fox, this the right? same Hot song? Fox was the debut? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. like three times I asked John when we were listening to it at my apartment, is this the same song? And John would go, no, it's a different song. But I couldn't tell. Oh, wow, that sounds like something me and you had to deal with today. Oh, be quiet. Quite a bit. But Killers (laughs) Killers is even worse because not only is it just true blending of the music where you can't actually tell certain songs apart, where they're actually playing exactly the same chords, but it's not good music to begin with. Like, there isn't redeeming qualities and you can't go oh well at least that guitar is fun well i'm just glad you mentioned that because you know we we are pulling this straight from our discussion here on green day and i just want you to understand that that that's what i feel when i listen to this i I, Uh, even though i admit that maybe every chord is not uh, in each song is not the same i mean but there's a general feel throughout the songs of of a true connection of just the the same things over and over again. Exactly. Rehashing. In this case, but it's more got, it's more tone than anything else. I definitely see that. Is is so similar. But killers, it was it was just so bad. I was yeah. so upset. I did not want to even write that review. Yeah. You know what's weird to That's... me to think about? So obviously, when we talk about discographies, a lot of the time we're talking about bands that have been around for a very long time, like Queen, Aerosmith, Rolling Stones, The Beatles. You know, Ooh, all these that got, yeah. class, classic rock finger quotes because yeah. you know. But what I'm curious about is, I mean, there are bands who are getting up there in a number of albums, and I just wonder how, because discography doesn't seem to come up as much with current out bands because they're current. I mean, not to say that Rolling Stone isn't Rolling Stones aren't current and Aerosmith aren't current, but their newer work isn't I, highly I, as regarded as their older work. Certainly not, and I I do think there is a general idea that when you're getting a new Stones album or a new Kiss album, you're getting something that is sort of a reflection. Of a time that you're has getting, already passed. You're getting exactly what it says on the label. You're exactly. not expecting anything else. Exactly. If it says Kiss, that's what you're buying it for. Yeah. Right. Uh, another example, another article I wrote, um, which is one I'm actually kind of upset I didn't get to discuss with Matt on the show, was Offspring's newest album, which I found to be, and you can read it, uh, the same old Offspring, but better. It was, they kept the same tones. They kept their same music, but improved upon it. I I listened Mm. to it. I did get to listen to it after the fact. Not in heavy rotation. I listened through it, I think, completely through once. The quality is better. Yeah. The quality is better than their older stuff. Not the quality of music, the quality of recording and production. So, and that was kind of nice. They kept the quality... But the, the but songs, I mean, they could have been... Those songs could have been on any other Offspring album, except maybe Smashed. But like Americana and anything forward, those songs could have been on them. But it was more like a compilation, and it was something new at the same time. Yeah. So, which I found to be pleasantly enjoyable. Um, pleasantly enjoyable, eh? Pleasantly enjoyable. <laughs> Enjoy but pleasant? I'm using adjectives... Not enjoyably pleasant. I'm using adjectives incorrectly here. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean... Because we got to shy away from the older stuff. And let's talk about new bands that really are evolving. Well, just to put a period at the end of the sentence there, are there any bands, kind of with a, an elliptical uh, question for the ages, are there any bands that you think could possibly play for that many years, as long as the Stones have been, while still remaining 
really current. Like, so, at current and popular. Four years ago, or three three years ago, I would have said Green Day because they were on that track with American Idiot and and Twenty First Century Breakdown. They were on that track to five, be six, current. But you, you called my bluff. I was about to relate this back to Green Day. Uh, five yeah. six years ago, I would have said Blink, and three four years ago, I would have said Weezer. And uh, before, not, not old enough yet, though. In Actually, they who. Yeah. Uh, Weezer. Yeah. They've done... They're, they're as old as Green Day. They're as, as old as... I thought they were just a few about, years younger. There's just... They're, no, they're about the same age as Green Day, and they actually that's have more albums. Oh, they produce yeah, more work. That's interesting. Yeah. And what's in that really case, cool... That, that's actually a good, a good one, then. What's really interesting about them is that they've produced... Every album has been different. Well, let's talk about even longer, though. I mean, even them, they're, they're middle-aged, and I still think that there's a lot of middle-aged musicians that can do a lot with, you know... People think that just... Because you're in your youthful state, that's when you're going to get your best work out there. I think it it's usually that case, because there ooh. is something to be said for... Ooh, uh, ooh, ooh. Yeah? Christina. Aguilera? Yes. Really? Well, she's not really doing too much right now. I saw... <laughs> you can see over the course of her career how she went from a pop sensation with very kind of shallow music to a solid singer... Who produce quality material? Huh. She's well. I won't. I don't agree that I like all of her stuff. She still has one of the best voices in the business. She can sing. She she, she really does. She can sing. sing. That I, was never questioned. Quality of music went, leaves something. She to be went about. from from yeah. really Britney Spears type of Bur- pop <laughs> junk to really solid, and in some cases, she deep decided songs. to use her voice for good rather than evil. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm still trying <laughs> to think of bands because so I have bands that I think will be current like on the track that Matchbox 20 is going they're evo- they evolved from this kind of just kind of straight old 90s alternative to pop but they did it gracefully and they still make good music bands okay so you I think they I can think, continue to do that you know who I think might actually be able to keep staying power without evolving Bowling Bowling for I Soup I think Bowling for Soup well because Bowling for Soup's a band that's content to be mid-level and just continue to be mid-level. Because the problem with... There's nothing wrong with that. No. To I be honest, I, I, I respect a band that's able to stay in a zone. A zone that's... that's It is comfortable, but they can still push their boundaries in their own little way, but reach an audience that you know you're always going to have. And, and, and there's another band them. that's just like that, too. Flogging Molly. Flogging Molly's been making pretty much the same kind of music since their inception, and everyone... Their, their and fans they're, don't leave them. And they're great. Yeah. yeah and because, they're fun. Yeah, they're... they're well... I'm not going to say they're the only one of their kind, because that really did spark up all this Irish rock. Oh, um, yeah, sure, absolutely. Really got Dropkick popular. Murphy. But they were, they really popularized it. The Dead Kennedys. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's yeah. sort of so like... people will, will stay by them. We're, it's sort of like they're, they're, they're the sitcoms that stay on the air for forever. Yeah. Not, not everybody likes Friends. Not everybody likes Seinfeld or Frasier, but... You know a good example their is fans, yeah. Mash. Oh, I love Mash. that. I love. But I'm not even a Mash fan, but I accept bands, that people stood by it for all those years. Yeah, these bands, do. these bands actually have just they got season after season what, of the same of a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. But people keep watching. You know they what? don't lose fans. And honestly, I want to talk about that now. I want to shift gears a little bit before we wrap up. I want to talk about the bands that that stuck around, even though they weren't playing stadiums. We're, we're talking about the Flogging Mollies. Bowling for Soups, Blink-182s, you know, although Blink-182s played stadiums, so 
take them off. But um, Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails doesn't really do stadium shows as much anymore. I, I hate to do this. Another band I reviewed on the website. They're still they're still touring, and they've been around for quite some time now. The Pandemics. Yeah. It's mm. a ska band who's actually quite inventive. Once again, read my review. Um, <laughs> they actually had a lot of, of randomness and intricacies in all of their music. And they finally produced an album after years of touring. And they still tour, but they do dive bars. Hmm. And they've got, they're starting to actually gain a solid popularity. You've got to respect a band that can be comfortable with not being, like obviously bands, to become the next big thing, it has to happen on album one or two. Otherwise, you're going to stay at that level. You don't really, like Matchbox 20 obviously went from playing small shows to playing stadiums. And they play stadiums now. I think it, it's. I mean, it is a little bit of the safe route rather than the. Uh, was it burn? What's that old dush? Burn fast and hard. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are be, there are many before. bands that have done that. You know, they almost. Well, I'm not speaking like in the sense of you know a tragedy that would bef- yeah. befall a band. Well, look at the I'm speaking band. in the sense of of a band that actually might lose popularity because of the steps that they took that they. Yeah went in such a weird direction that their fans really did kind of uh, abandon them. Abandon them, which is really, really sad because, like I said, I'm, I, I hear the entire podcast. I've been preaching experimentation, and I'm always kind of preaching well, experimentation. I a appreciate band, it. A band that I feel embodies experimentation, not necessarily a band, but an artist, Les Claypool pretty much doesn't give a damn what anyone uh, else thinks. That's... That's that's a great example. He just does what he wants, and if people and 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 then people come back for more. Yeah, you know, I mean, Primus is broken up good, how many times and yeah. come back? He's a good example of someone I think who will be around for a very, very long time. Just people because, will always because, be curious just to see what the next thing he's going to do is. Yeah, and I think I think that's the more respectable route for me, even even more so than the safe ones who aren't looking for any. Uh, overarching success particularly right so they want to do something you know really bold you, you, you want to say something i want to say something this is completely off topic okay um oh, I figured, motioning at me? i have my metaphor for the day oh boy i really? have my metaphor uh, and... john has his metaphor okay. He's, okay. he's so happy about this is my metaphor this is the green day we'll, we'll say it's the past four albums everybody sit down we got if you're not stand up american idiot was a new hope all right it was something new, solid, intricate, you enjoyed. He's talking about Star Wars. 21st Century Breakdown was The Empire Strikes Back, the culmination of something cool and awesome and, and great. And instead of Return of the Jedi, we got the mother effing prequels. Before we got Return of the Before Jedi. Before we got the quality, the true ending, and we got the prequels. Okay, Essie, I appreciate your metaphor. <laughs> even, even though I think that comparing Green Day to Star Wars is a little bit of an overstatement. Uh, still, no, no. Still, bite your tongue. Oh, I You're will wrong. not bite my tongue. You're wrong. I, 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 even, even American Idiot. I, I, as much as I liked it and I thought it was good for its time, I'm not going to put it up there with some other music. I still think. No, I'm not saying Star Wars music. Did. I'm saying the Star Wars movies. What? I'm not calling it the Star Wars music. I'm no, saying no, no, movies. No, no, I meant uh, even the movies themselves. I mean, I, I assume that most of us hold the original trilogy in pretty high regard. Yeah. Don't like we? A- Especially by well, comparison. now think about your favorite music. Your favorite music in the world. You're still going to compare Green Day against that. Yes. Even, even... American Idiot. I omit nostalgia. Yes. I, I really got to say. Yes. 
No, American Idiot, I think, stands. When American uh, Idiot came out, I thought they could be the next... Ro- Green Day had potential to be the next Rolling Stones because of the direction they were moving. They, and now they've been slowly playing. I think American so. Idiot was a fun, good album. I don't think it was phenomenal. I felt like they could have been the next Pink Floyd. <laughs> I'm what? Not, no, what? I what? That. What? Okay, we we just uh, we just jumped a shark here. The kind of guy this. that Q1043 will play constantly and constantly until people actually hate them. Which is why I hate Pink Floyd. Now. I like Pink Floyd. So that we we just uh, I don't really like Pink Floyd. <laughs> but I don't even... All right, well, fine. I've been That's against Green else. Day. I guess you got to turn against me. I, I think Point Pink Floyd is a good example of a band that sort of went the alternative experimental route uh, in a time. Well, I think everyone is a little bit experimental in the seventies, and not just in music. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, like I said, I, I Green Day did not. They evolved to a safe extent with the times, as they did with America, uh, with American Idiot. But in the seventies, Pink Floyd they were pushing boundaries right and left. If we did not have Pink Floyd and we did not have several other bands, I think in many ways we call them the second generational Beatles. What the Beatles did for rock music as a whole, bringing us from the early twentieth century to the latter twentieth century, where we have all these genres at disposal, many bands in the seventies did in a bunch of smaller, little different ways. Extremely influential people. I, I simply cannot say See, that I about would, Green Day. I would never... Punk, it, punk is, is on its way out. Yeah, but they weren't punk with American Idiot. American Idiot wasn't punk. It was closer to... No, I mean, I mean Green Day as a whole. So they, oh, they, wow. when they phased it out, they did good job by phasing it out. Oh, yeah, probably. I mean... That's so, like, that's about, like, on the I record, say for it. I don't like Led Zeppelin and I don't like Pink Floyd. I hate them both. However, I don't deny their influence. They're talented, and they've revolutionized music. I just don't like them. I wanted to throw water at you right there. I know you did. <laughs> However, I think... Led Zeppelin doesn't like it. Jeez. I, see, I, I, I'm a big fan of Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I, think I like Led, Cashmere. I think there's nothing else like Led Zeppelin. I hate Stairway, because it's overplayed. And no it's one not likes their Stairway. <laughs> I like, but I like some of their. Well, songs I still like Stairway. Actually, Led Zeppelin's grown on me a little bit, but I just I don't. Their music style is not for me. Anyway, I think you had a point. I did. You think you had? Yeah, a point? yeah. Pl- please go back to that point you were making. So, so the, the point that I'm trying to make is I don't deny their influence. <laughs> However, Green Day, I don't think they had the same kind of influence, but they had potential to have that kind of influence. I think they would have grown to that if they kept on the track they were moving. They brought back yeah, the but that's, rock that's, that's opera. A bad train of thought they to start actually, going down. They I mean, truly well, brought Now back. you're talking about assassinating Hitler and wondering what it would have been like. Nah, it's, just, it's not worth it. You, just save your mental energy. My, wrapping up, though, I think that... that they're, they're it's two, amazing how off we got from discographies at this the, point. The two things you can do as a band is you can either... Related. You can, you can either stay where you are, and if that's what the fans want, and you have a mutual understanding, then go for it. Till the end of time. Sure. However... If the fans aren't in favor of that same thing, Metallica, you have to. Their sec, their album after Death Mag, um, no, Death Magnetic was the okay. Saint Anger was terrible. I just said that. Don't interrupt him. I said that just to screw up. No, he was on such a good train of thought. Keep going. Keep going. Totally. If your fans do not like what you're doing because you keep doing it, you have Have to to change. change. Have to absolutely. That's the words that were coming out of your mouth. And Metallica did on this Death Magnetic. Though yeah. still not enough. Which well, goes back to what I originally said: self-awareness. I think yeah. that is the one of the. I mean, just just not for artistic integrity, just for your own well-being as an artist. Yeah. Because you you simply cannot do what 
certain other artists have done in the past, certain avant-garde artists, you, you'll be starving in your room until you're in your 70s. And no one will sign you except for the weirdest people in the world who you probably don't even want to be friends with because they're so weird. If they probably like your music, you're, you probably think you're already on the pretty, pretty bad and track. Meanwhile, there. if you have to evolve... Do it. That's that's actually if what you, you have, have to, to say. No, the lesson if of today <laughs> is if you have to evolve, keep evolving. Don't <laughs> yes. regress. Do what Surge does. Yes, that's a good example. Go for it. Just go for it. Just go for it. It's yeah. That, the that, worst that, you can very... do, like if this was Uno Dos playing it safe, worst thing you can do by 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 evolving is fall flat. Yeah. That's the worst thing you do. Yeah. Then what do you do the next album? You pick up and try something else. Yeah. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. That's the perfect adage for any aspiring artists out there. To, uh, to, to, to close out the podcast though, since I was a bonehead and I missed it, um, I want to remind Steve, we have lovely fans who write to us and I'm sure you have one of those letters for us today. I do. So, uh, who's this one from? This is from Prada online store. And what does Prada Online Store say? <clears throat> I needed to draft you this little note to finally thank you very much yet again for your personal great advice you have featured above. It was so pretty generous with people like you in giving easily what exactly numerous people would have offered for sale as an electronic book to make some cash on their own, primarily given that you could possibly have tried it if you decided. The tactics as well serve to provide a great way to comprehend other people online, have the identical fervor, much like mine, to know a great deal more related to this condition. I'm sure there are several more fun moments in the future for individuals that go through your website. That didn't have a period, did it? Uh, there were a couple, but it, it wouldn't help you. <laughs> it really wouldn't help you. Well, thank you for that, Prada Online Store. We'll take it under consideration. Actually, right. Prada is one of our biggest fans, I yeah, must say. That's right. They love us. They yes, really do. They truly, they truly do. Sure do. Not yeah. just our money that we don't have. I, I, I might have tried writing my articles as an electronic book <laughs> if I had decided. <laughs> and on that note, with that bombshell, as one of my favorite car TV shows likes to say... Um, we're going to wrap up here. Of course, guys, thanks for listening. Comment, email. Um, next week's album that we're going to do. So next week we're going to do something a little special. This is my idea. We want to kind of do a year-end in-review show, talk about our album of the year, our song of the year, what we hated, who we want to kill. And, and we're also going to do an album review. Because it's seasonal and uh, because Christmas pervades every part of American culture. Uh, um, we will be doing CeeLo Green's Christmas album. Yeah, it's called CeeLo's Magic Moment. Um, it's a collection of covers, and I think he has one or two originals on there as well. And uh, we'll go over that and talk talk some Christmas, some Hanukkah, some, some mm. end-of-year, New Year's-ish stuff. And, and, and most importantly, tell you why we listen to the music we listen to and what were our favorites of the year. Yep. In several categories. Yes. Yes. Um, so with we took, that, we took no prisoners here. Yeah, no, no prisoners at all. No prison, none, no prison. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving forward and wrapping up. I think it was a prison. <laughs> music is life, and life is good. <laughs>